Four young friends bound by a tragic accident are reunited when they find themselves being stalked by a hook-wielding maniac in their small seaside town. This is Ryan. And this is Ashley. And this is Ruining Ruining Our Childhood. Childhood. A nostalgic weekly podcast where a married couple rewatches and reviews our favorite 90s and 2000s movies to decide if they hold up to our adult standards. That is correct. Thanks for joining us today. Yeah. Another episode. Episode 72. Ah. And a Halloween episode. Yeah. Halloween celebration. What did you say last year? It was our something spooktacular. Yeah. Yeah. Cheesy. (laughs) This week, we're doing the... 1997 classic i know what you did last summer and we decided to do this one because because i forgot about this movie for a second and uh last week when we were renting scream 3 it popped up as a you know similar title it's related yeah Yeah. and this was something uh that i did enjoy as a kid for sure so I'm excited to rewatch it because I don't think I've seen it since probably 1998 when the sequel came out. Yeah. And I've only seen it maybe once. Oh, we're getting ahead of ourselves. Yeah. Welcome, guys. Ashley, Ryan. Hello. (laughs) We skipped the pleasantries. Yeah. Let's go down memory road, not lane, because that one time Ryan messed it up in case anybody new is listening. That's why we say memory road instead of memory lane. And it just kind of stuck. So let's go down memory road by talking about some 1997 facts. This movie was released on October 17th of 1997. It had a budget of $17 million and it made $125 million. Very successful. Uh, Popular TV shows were Seinfeld, ER, and Veronica's Closet. The number one song the week the movie came out was Elton John, Candle in the Wind. A couple other popular songs were Hanson, Mbop, and Puff Daddy with Faith Evans and 112, I'll Be Missing You. Mm-hmm. And popular movies were Titanic, Men in Black, and The Lost World. Jurassic Park? Yes. Okay. I was like, what's The Lost World? And it was the number three movie of the year? I've never heard of this. <laughs> Uh, we've definitely done 97 yes. before. I don't know what movie it is, but I remember reading off like Candle in the Wind before. Can't Hardly Wait? Was that 97? Or was that 98? I think that was 98. Oh, darn. Such a good movie. So 1997 was a great year. Mm-hmm. I was in fifth grade. I was in seventh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I remember renting this so it was probably like in february march i remember renting it and watching it on a sleepover okay uh but obviously we've done cruel intentions before half the cast is in that movie (laughs) uh as far as like ryan Philippi and sarah michelle geller Mm -hmm. and if you've listened to our cruel intentions episode you know that uh baby ashley was a big fan of ryan Philippi. she had a cruel intentions poster on her wall Mm mm-hmm Obviously came out before, but... Yeah. So this is actually the first time I saw him in that, a movie. Same. He was on my radar after that. Mm-hmm. 
But I think he's not a good character in this movie. Not that he was a great character in Cruel Intentions. He was a terrible human being. But he was slightly more likable. I think, I want to say, if I remember correctly, the Freddie Prince Jr. part is like the more likable male role. I believe so. Yeah. Again, we're getting a little ahead of ourselves. But that's what I remember from the movie Mm -hmm. is obviously the four main cast members. Mm -hmm. And that they're, you know... They do something horrible, and then they kind of have consequences for it. As you should. (laughs) As you should. Um, What do you remember from the film? I also did not see this in theaters, and I think I saw it the next year Mm -hmm. around Halloween. Uh, I've talked about before on the podcast how a group of our friends would get together basically like every Friday night, and we'd always watch a movie. So around Halloween time, we would rent some Halloween movies. Mm -hmm. So I'd imagine it was probably the next year when I saw it. And at that point, I became very aware of, like, who Sarah Michelle Gellar was because I had a lot of friends that really liked Buffy. Yeah. I unfortunately have never seen it. Um, but I He's knew who... He's weird, guys. He's so weird. I knew who Jennifer Love Hewitt was, <laughs> and they were more on our radar then. So I was kind right. of excited to see it. I do remember that basically, like you said, Freddie Prince Jr. and uh, Jennifer Love Hewitt were more likable than the other two. I think, and I, I don't know if they're a couple. I can't remember or if they become a couple throughout the movie. I definitely think Sarah Michelle Gellar and Ryan Phillippe's character, if I remember correctly, are a couple. Okay. And they're, like, the worst. That's what I remember from the movie. And... I feel like I remember the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. But I guess we'll see. It'd be Uh, funny if we come back and we're like, they were delightful. (laughs) The other two were dumb. Mm. No. um, And I I realize this movie is written by Kevin Williamson. It's based on a novel. But it, the screenplay was written by Kevin Williamson, which makes sense that it's set in a seaside town mm-hmm. and probably really soapy. Which I feel like he wrote Scream 3. Did he? I think so. I just, I'm just thinking of like Dawson's Creek. Did he write Dawson's Creek? Am I making that up? No, no, no I'm he, not. He definitely okay. wrote Dawson's Creek. Sorry, his four known for wasn't Dawson's Creek and I find that weird. But you're right. He wrote Scream. He okay. wrote Scream 2 and Vampire Diaries, of course. I forgot he did Vampire Diaries. Yeah, and and I said Dury. <laughs> oh, the old Vampire Duries. Duries. And the following, which I always heard was good. It had Kevin Bacon on it. Oh, okay. It's like two seasons. That's kind so. of surprising that uh, they do not have Dawson's Creek up there. I guess if you have written and directed and produced multiple things that eventually one of those projects are going to fall down yeah. the line of the top four on imbd okay fair enough fair enough i still um, think it's more popular than the following maybe i mean in pop culture yeah i would say for sure especially if people are our age yes so i guess we can kind of move on mm-hmm. into do you think this movie is gonna hold up i'm gonna say no and the reason i say no is i felt like after i saw scream which was you know, around these times, they stayed with me as being something that I remembered and wanted to go back and rewatch at different points in my life. And I kind of forgot about this movie. So I'm going with the standpoint of it didn't linger with me and stay as something that I felt like, hey, we should rewatch that again. So I, I hope it holds up, but I, I'm I'm saying it doesn't. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. I, I kind of agree in that sense. I think that there definitely are better 
uh, I guess, slasher films out there, mm-hmm. that this one is kind of... I think the only reason it stuck with me a little bit was because Ryan Phillippe and Freddie French Jr. were in it. And also Sarah Michelle Gellar and Jennifer Love Hewitt. Like, those are very big stars from our childhood, like teen heartthrobs. Yeah, for so, sure. So... Uh, I definitely think that's probably the only reason it stayed with me. I don't really, really, I don't really, really, I don't really remember this movie other than thinking that the two characters were a lot more horrible than the other two. Yeah. So, but I don't remember like the situations. I know, I know at least two people survive. I think I remember because there is a sequel. Yes. That has Brandy in it and somebody else I can't. Mackay I think Mackay Pfeiffer. Pfeiffer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I know that exists. Spoiler alert. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I don't really remember like any of the situations, any of the mer- like the killings that happen. Mm-hmm. But I'm excited to see it again because it probably has been a good uh, 22 years. Yeah, I'm hoping for some uh, interesting clothing. Yeah. From that. Yeah, we're not quite late. 90s i would say we're kind of right in that middle point mm-hmm. we're getting to the late 90s i think we're gonna see a lot of khaki still though oh i hope it looks like a gap commercial <laughs> uh, and the what are the uh, cable net is that what it's called cable net sweaters yeah cable net yeah. sweater I like hope. the chunkiest of chunky yeah. ma- man sweaters <laughs> i want i'm hoping freddie prince jr and ryan Phillippe look like they were on tour with the Backstreet Boys as backup dancers. That, I really hope. It sounds promising just because it is set in a, a seaside town. Mm-hmm. And I do think of like beigey yeah. light colors in the late 90s. Yeah, that just sounds... I'm hopeful. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. I also wanted to, to say thanks to everybody that listened to our most recent bonus sode. We mm-hmm. released one this uh, past Friday, Boy Meets World, our TV bonus sode. It was hilarious. It was fun to do, and I kind of want to watch some more episodes of Boy Meets World. For sure. It's just so comforting. It is. It's one of those great 90s TGIF shows. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if you guys want to listen to that episode, go to our website at ruiningourchildhood.com and sign up with our Ruiners Club. It's mm-hmm. free. It's totally easy to join. Just tap in your email address, and we'll send you an email with... A bunch of bonus content. Yeah. I think we've now done seven bonusodes. Yes. So, and we're going to be recording another one very soon for the movies. Yes. Mm-hmm. October bonusode. Yeah. Which we'll tell you about later Let's in the show. episode. So, anything else we need to talk about? Where can you stream this? Oh, yeah. That's true. That's something we do. So, I changed it up, guys. After the Airheads debacle, mm-hmm. as I like to call it, which I don't, it's not necessarily just Watch's fault. Can we call it the Airheads kerfuffle? Kerfuffle. Okay, Thank the you. Airheads kerfuffle, where mm-hmm. we could not find Airheads last week. It's not just Watch's fault that Airheads doesn't exist anymore on the streaming services, but I feel like uh, Just Watch has given us bad information before so i thought i'd uh, change it up and there's another website called real good mm-hmm. r-e-e-l good and it's also pretty much the same website uh they tell you where you can stream it and rent it and for i know what you did last summer you can get it on fubo tv mm-hmm. streaming service sure 
subscription. And also, it's on Showtime, so I assume it's on the Showtime app. Mm-hmm. It's out there. Yeah, and then you can rent it and buy it on all of the other streaming apps that allow you to do that. Hmm. So it is available, and we are going to watch it. <laughs> That's the basis of our podcast. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> We're going to hit the... Pausey pause. Go watch I Know What You Did Last Summer and come back and talk about it like we always do. Okay. Okay, bye. Bye. And we're back. We just finished watching I Know What You Did Last Summer. And we're going to go ahead and break things down with our categories like we always do. And our first category is Well, Hello There. Well, Hello There. Where we talk about any cameos of famous or recognizable actors or actresses that we forgot were in the movie. Who did you notice? I know we kind of briefly talked about who was in this movie, but the four main characters in this film, uh, the first one is Ryan Phillippe. Mm-hmm. He plays a character of the name Barry Cox. Mm-hmm. And obviously, Ryan Phillippe is from Cruel Intentions, like we mentioned earlier. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's also was in more recently the shooter tv series based on the film by that had mark Wahlberg, right yes Mm -hmm. and he's also in a new tv show called big sky which is set in montana which i will hate watch depending on how accurate or bad it is (laughs) (laughs) i just it looked like a they kept running advertisements during the emmys and i felt like it looked like a decent show no it's like a murder mystery and stuff i think I'm more hate watch it for if it's not accurate to like the setting that it's in, then I'm going to hate watch it. You know, I don't get that a lot. You know, people that probably live in LA, New York, Mm -hmm. in other places that movies are frequently set, I think they probably have it a lot where like that's not accurate or maybe it's a little too accurate. Yeah. I don't have that. If they show... A city that has three buildings in it and claim it's Missoula, you're going to, like, flip the coffee table yes, over. I, I will. You're like, it's a city of 75,000 people. There's Isn't no that? excuses in 2022 because you have the internet, you have research. Anything's possible. <laughs> With these writers, I'm like, oh, let's go ahead and take a couple shortcuts. Pe- people won't notice, except yeah. for the 10 people that live in Missoula. Oh, wait, it's a huge city. Oh, our bad. <laughs> Anyway, I digress. Uh, who was the next person you wanted to talk about? The next person I, or first person that I saw was Sarah Michelle Geller, And she plays Helen in this movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, we know her from Cruel Intentions. Yes. Buffy. Yes. She was on an episode of Big Bang Theory. As uh, herself. Yeah, from yeah. like the last season. I also see that she's going to do a voice in the Masters of the Universe Revelation, which is a reboot Okay. on the series from our childhood, or I guess a little bit before our childhood. Yeah. My brother did watch it, though. Well, I'm pretty I, sure. I remember watching it because my brothers were also big Masters of the Universe fans. Okay. They had all the toys. For sure. Mm-hmm. The next one is Jennifer Love Hewitt. Mm-hmm. She played Julie James. She should be a character in a Marvel comic. Yep. Party of Five, obviously. Can't Hardly Wait. And more recently in the 911 TV series. Yeah. I I don't know that I've ever really watched any of her shows. I never watched Party of Five. I didn't watch Ghost Whisperer. I didn't watch Ghost Whisperer, but I did watch a couple seasons of Party of Five mm-hmm. more recently. 
It's very 90s. Oh, I bet. It's very interesting. Mm-hmm. I, I enjoyed it, but then I kind of just was like, eh, kind of get out of it, you know? I hear you. Haven't seen 911, though. I mean, no. I watched a couple of the first episodes when the first season when Connie Britton was on it. Okay. It's pretty ridiculous. I bet. Especially for somebody that's worked as a 911 dispatcher. Mm-hmm. It's very over the top. It's very over the top, but. Is Peter Krause on that? Yeah, he is. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. My next one is Freddie Prince Jr. Yes. He plays Ray. Uh, the things I know Freddie Prince from were Scooby-Doo. Uh, she's all that. Of course. And he's going to be on the new Punky Brewster series. Which I didn't know they were doing that. I don't think I did either. Yeah. I also, heard talks, but I didn't know it was like a f- an official thing. Yeah. I think the thing that always surprised me about him was he was writing for the WWE at one point. Yeah. For, for like three years. We mentioned his wife, Sarah Michelle Geller, and I do see a dishwasher detergent commercial with them all the time. Yeah. Yeah. And it always makes me happy when I see it. Yeah. They're a good couple. Yeah. They've been together a long time. For sure. Ironically, they're not a couple in this movie. Do you think that, like, this is when they started dating? It might have been. Huh, it, pretty... it, it totally lines up, yeah, I think. They're like 23 or 24 years. I know this movie came out 23 years ago, but you figure it started filming. Probably yeah. 24 years ago. Yeah, that's true. Cool, cool. Um, the next person I have is Brid- Brigitte. Bridget. Do I always mess this up every single time we say her I don't know why you go like Brigitte Nielsen. <laughs> Bridget. Well, she adds extra letters. Yeah, she does add a couple um, extra. Bridget Wilson Sampras. Mm-hmm. We've talked about her on the podcast. Yep. Uh, she's from Billy Madison, The Wedding Planner, which are two movies we've done for this podcast. Mm-hmm. And she plays Elsa Shivers, which is Sarah Michelle Gellar's character's sister. Mm-hmm. And they hate each other. Oh, boy, do they ever. For some reason. Do you think Bridget Wilson is, like, je- like uh, I should say, do you think Elsa is jealous of Helen because she's, like, a beauty queen in this, like a pageant queen? Yeah, but freaking Bridget Wilson is a very beautiful person. That's and what they I was kind of, I guess, tone her down a little bit. Like they they put glasses. On yeah, her. They, which she's is, all that her. Which in the nineties is how you show that you're homely. Because yeah, that's what I was just. That's where I was going with my question. Is I'm like, she's also beautiful. Yeah. No, I don't understand that whole relationship, no. and it never gets resolved, as no. we'll talk about later. No, it does uh, not. Go ahead with the next one. My next one is Johnny Galecki. Yes. He plays Max. And the first thing I ever remember seeing Johnny Galecki in is National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Then he was David on Roseanne. Yeah. And Leonard Hofstetter on Big Bang Theory. Yeah. He has had a very steady career. He really has. Yeah. Two hit shows. I was going to say. And he's uh, more recently guest starred as his character, on the Roseanne reboot that mm-hmm. turned into the Connors. So, yeah. yeah. Always liked him. Yeah, I enjoyed him. I think he seems like a celebrity. If you met him, he would be just the nicest person. To me, it seems like he would just be like, don't talk to me. <laughs> not not because he doesn't appreciate you as a fan, but because he doesn't seem like the type that likes to talk to people mm. in general. Like, a- he seems like somebody that 
maybe a little shy. Yeah. Yeah. Because you don't, I don't know, you don't see him ever. It's not like he's out and about and he's very, like, socially active. So I think maybe he's been like, yeah, I just like to sit in my house and Mm -hmm. not talk to people. But I could be totally wrong. Could be the nicest human being ever. Yeah, maybe just, you know, stays under the radar. Mm -hmm. The last person that I have is Anne Heche, plays Melissa Egan, Mm -hmm. who is the sister of who they think might be the person that they killed. It's complicated. It is a little complicated. We'll get into it. But Anne Heche, you know her from the Psycho remake in the late 90s. She was on Ally McBeal. Mm -hmm. And more recently, she is on Chicago PD. She was a thing for a while in the late 90s. Yeah, she, she really was, in, was. She was in that movie with Harrison Ford. Six Days, Seven Nights. I actually saw that in theaters. I wouldn't tell people that. No, I'm joking. I'm <laughs> joking. I, I never saw it, but I know it was a successful movie. And Yeah, it did got, have Harrison Ford. It's going to say, it's got Harrison Ford. And like you said, she was a thing for a while there. She This was probably before she started yeah. exploding, and then she blew it, up. It definitely was. Mm-hmm. Did you have anybody else? Uh, just, I was going to mention the person. I didn't recognize him, but I looked him up. His name is Muse Watson. Uh-huh. He plays the fisherman. Uh, he was on NCIS. He was on Prison Break. He's been in a, literally a ton of shit. Yes. So I just figured we should mention him. Good point. Okay. He is the killer. Yes, Spoiler alert for anybody that has not seen this movie. Wait a minute. I thought this was a romantic comedy. What? Okay. <laughs> it, it's not. Shall we move on? We shall. The next category is called Kids Would Call It a Throwback. We call it the prime of our teens, where we talk about the fashion and dated references. And that's it. Yeah. What did you think about the fashion? It wasn't too bad, but there was some things that I noticed. Uh, Right off the bat was uh, Julie's bangs. Yeah. Which were very of the time. I remember a lot of my friends when I was in like fifth grade, they had bangs like that. Yeah. yeah. Bangs were in. Bangs galore. I will say that I think the only thing I noticed from her, I mean, from this movie that I, I had to note was her hat that she was wearing when she comes home from college. You mean Blossom's hat? Yes. It was It was missing a flower. It was. But I, I don't know if that was just to note that she had really given up on herself. she's had a year it's it's not been great for her the guilt has gotten to her and she shows it she also looks like she's on drugs a little bit which prompts her mom to ask her if she is on drugs (laughs) she's warranted very pale yeah the other one uh sarah michelle geller when she gets her hair chopped off she's wearing the hat that reminds me of the one kira knightley wears in love actually yes yeah it's a it's, uh, I don't know what style hat that it's is. Like, like a, a newsboy? News yeah. Oh, jinx. <laughs> you owe me a Coke. Okay. No. I've never said that. I don't know why I just did that. I don't know why either. <laughs> it was crazy. Um, that's all I had because apparently I put in a note that goes in the next category. So. I just wanted to note earlier in the episode, you said, I hope there's some good fashion, lots of khakis. And right off the bat, Ryan Phillippe didn't let you down. He's got khakis on. Yeah. He's literally just a walking Amacrombie and Fitch oh, ad. Yeah. I was going to say him and uh, Ray are wearing their wife beaters. Yes. White and black. Yeah, that's kinda. true. But yeah, they did look like Amacrombie and models. Yeah. It just fits with the times. We were talking earlier about how I feel like we 
growing up in the 90s had this massive explosion of like teen idols and mm-hmm. people that we consider like teen heartthrobs. Yeah. Which I know obviously past decades they have those, but I just feel like there were so many in the 90s. There really was. It, it seemed like there was so many teen-driven movies for us, yeah. teen-driven series. We had boy bands and pop stars out the wazoo. Yeah. We were talking about it the other day where, like, right now there's one really big boy band. And, yeah. But I, when we were growing up, there was, like, four. That's true. There's there's a lot more competition. Yeah. I definitely feel like that the 90s was driving that and then everything after kind of was the same. Mm-hmm. But, like, prior to that, I just feel like there was a huge explosion of popular culture for teenagers and young children absolutely but i could be wrong if you grew up in the 80s you might be like cool let me tell you we had scott bale and we had justine bateman damn it and you're like yeah but did you have 70 people? did you have jtt devin sawa ryan Philippi, freddie french jr i could name them all brad renfro some other people <laughs> <laughs> like i gave you five <laughs> Uh, good times. Anyway, back to the movie. Joshua Jackson. Joshua Jackson. James Vanderbeek. Did they ever like James Vanderbeek as Dawson? I don't think anybody did. Never saw it. Mm. (laughs) Anyway. (laughs) Your face. It was just like, hmm. Did you have any other fashion? I did not. How about dated references? Sadly, I only had one. And did you have a lot? No. Oh, okay. There's a scene where Helen and Barry are talking about their future that they right. want to have. And she's like, you're going to be a quarterback for the, I think she says Steelers or Cowboys. And she was like, I'm going to be finishing up my second year on Guiding Light. She did say that. Yeah. And I looked it up. Guiding Light ended in 2009. Awesome. That's all I had. Yeah, I didn't have any. Oh, they okay. don't. They don't reference a lot of things. Oh, uh-uh. surprisingly, it's like Kevin Williamson's. Like I put all the references in Scream. I want to write a movie that's a horror movie, sort of, but without any references. No references. <laughs> yeah, I didn't have any at all. Mm-mm. Do you want to move on? Yeah. Our next category, we're gonna go ahead and fire up net search (laughs) to look up david egan and talk about a little technology yeah that was pretty much the only technology there really was Mm -hmm. uh was julie's awesome small but clunky laptop as i say it was probably like a nine inch screen yeah but it was like three inches thick it was and she used it a couple times to do some research Mm -hmm. on the person that was harassing them for most of the movie and the web browser was super basic yeah google laughed at it (laughs) (laughs) Uh, it was good times but you know they use the internet to find information so that is still relevant and i will say in 1997 i don't think i had a computer capable of getting on the internet uh i mean it took a while they don't show a scene of the dialogue. No, I I mean, like, we legit didn't have the internet in our house. Oh. Yeah, in 1997. I feel like we got our first computer 
when I was in seventh grade. So yeah, 99, I think. Same. For us. Yeah, I think it was 99 for us. That's so when... they're ahead of the time with... Yeah. I mean, they do note that her... Ha- uh, what's her name? Julie. <laughs> Julie and the three of them are from well-to-do families, whereas Ray is not. Yeah, who's from the wrong side of the tracks. Allegedly. Yeah. Allegedly. So they're all getting dial-up internet before everybody else, apparently. Mm -hmm. I'm just kidding. I'm sure lots of people had it. We were just not cool enough to have it for a couple years. I was going to say, we were behind the times. Did you do anything else? I did not. Yeah. No? No technology. Which, I think that helps movies, you know? Oh, for sure. For sure. The next category is called, Is It Even Good? Where we talk about the plot, plot holes, and we name our funniest and cringiest moments of the movie. And also, since this is is a horror movie, we do have a best death scene, Mm -hmm. which I can't say, best death scene. So let's talk about that plot. Oh, boy. It's a plot. It's a plot. (laughs) Can we just put it right out there? The cast, meaning the main four, are murderers. Well, technically they're not when well, you find out. When you find out. But they, Attempted murderers. They were like, oh, we, we committed vehicular manslaughter, which I should point out. I think Ray points that out. He's like, this is vehicular manslaughter. But he said they're going to get the chair for that. They're 17, 18. They're dumb. So they're like, well... Let's go ahead and move the body. Right. And then the guy grabs the uh, person that they hit, the fisherman. He grabs the crown off of Helen's head. Yes. So they know he's not dead. Like, you know what we should do? Probably throw him in this water and drown his ass. <laughs> A lot of that's driven by Barry, Ryan Phillippe's character. He mm-hmm. he probably has the most to lose, I guess, because he seems to be the most well-off. And, and he, I think, was going to go play college football from what sure. I can gather. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. Most schools would not want you if you commit murder. That's true. They frown I mean, upon that. <laughs> I mean, some of them do. It depends on how good of a player you are, really. Mm. Let's be honest. Yeah, that's true. If you want to move into our plot holes, okay, I have some things about that. Because I feel like Barry, he is the first one that's like, we need to take care of this because we'll be all screwed if we don't. Mm-hmm. And obviously, the girls at first are like, no, let's call the police like normal people would. As I say, and Julie was very adamant about, no, call the police. Let's try to get him help. And Yeah, and even Helen at first was like, yeah, we should call the police. Yeah. But then her boyfriend bullies her into changing her mind. Mm-hmm. And he keeps saying that we'll be dead too. He's already dead. We'll be dead too if we tell the police. And I don't know if he knows how the justice system works, especially for white privileged males. Yeah. In this time, he probably would be fine. And he wasn't driving. He wasn't. He concluded that they would think he was driving. Yes. Because it's his car. Because it's his car. But my thing is, you were standing and you had your hands up out of the sunroof. Or not. He had half of his body. He was standing up there and he was slapping everything. I'm like, your handprints are all over. Your handprints are all over. You probably should be dead also. That was another plot hole that I had because they hit the guy so hard and they spun out 
yet he stayed in the car, but half of his body was outside the car. He probably should have flew out. Should have flew out. Or when the body gets hit, he has the guy's blood on him. Yeah. He might have been decapitated. Yeah, that's true. And then also I was thinking he probably would have bruises or something on his stomach from hitting hitting the the window, the car window, the rooftop window, Yeah, whatever it's called. Windshield. Yeah. No. Oh, the, the sunroof. Yeah, the sunroof. Sunroof window. Uh, like, he would have definitely had a mark like Audrey in Vegas <laughs> Vacation. Yes. Yeah. There was a lot of things that didn't make sense with that. But mm-hmm. I also feel like it can be explained in the sense that they're all 18-year-olds that don't really know how things work, I guess. And they're just so worried about their futures. That, yeah. You know, when you're a kid, everything is life or death. Yeah. Every situation you make, every everything. So I guess that can be explained a little bit. A but little it's bit. still a lot of this movie could have been avoided if they would have just called nine one one, man. Exactly. They wouldn't be a movie. Yeah. It would have been ten minutes long. They I, would have probably got gotten a ticket. I did like one of the lines I said was, uh, I forget who says it though. They go, Who could have seen us? We were so careful. Uh that was Helen. Okay. And that was another plot hole I had. Because it's when Julie first gets the note that says, I know what she did last summer. Mm-hmm. Title of the movie. She goes to Helen, who she hasn't seen for a year, and tells her. And that's what she says. She's like, we were so careful. And I'm like, were you? You guys are really sloppy about dumping the body. You left DNA on him, I'm sure. And Julie, to her credit, was like, were we? Well, she said that. But also she pointed out, you hit him with your car. Yeah. He is on your car, and your car is on him. They're going to figure it out. Right. She was a voice of reason to them. She very much was. But Barry was a little scary. Some might even say, scary Barry. <laughs> no, nobody would say no, that. No for one? you. Okay, just me. Uh, no, I agree. Fucking Barry, man. Yeah. That's all I have to say about that. Mm-hmm. Did you have any other plot holes? I do. Go so ahead. there's a scene where Julie and Helen are going to go try to track down David Egan's family. And they go to Anne Heche's house. Uh, Missy is what they call her. Under the guise that they're there because they have car problems and they need to use a phone. Right. But they're getting really questioning on about your brother who's dead that you just told us is dead. But we're really interested in it. And to the point, I'm going to come back with a yearbook and ask you to identify people. And I'd be like, I thought your car broke down. Yeah. She doesn't really question it until the very end. Mm-hmm. Honestly, she's supposed to come off as this kind of, she's a little off. I don't know if it's because she's dealing with her brother. She thinks she he killed himself. Mm-hmm. But she, they kind of are making it seem like she's the killer. Because she's a little strange. Yeah. And off-putting. She, she's uh, dealing with animal carcasses. Yeah. So you're like, oh... She knows yeah. her way around a knife. Right. Or a hook. But spoiler alert, they didn't kill her brother. Her brother was killed by the killer. Yeah. Allegedly. Allegedly. Uh, who happens to be the father of the girl he killed. It gets overly complicated. It really does. So every summer and every summer somebody gets killed. <laughs> Allegedly. It's not a good town. Also, that road is super dangerous and those kids drive on it like it's crazy. Yeah. Like it's nothing. Windy road on the side of a cliff. Take it at 60. Yeah. Well, I've been drinking. Yeah. (laughs) 
Um, well, I mean, I guess Ray wasn't technically drinking. He was not. But still. Yeah. I did want to talk about Elsa and Helen's relationship a little bit because it doesn't make sense to me. And it doesn't really add anything to the plot that they hate each other so much. Yes. I don't get it. Like, at one point, Elsa's like, you're pathetic. All you care about is your hair. Yeah. Which is, it, it's like a foreshadowing because the killer... Is going to cut off her hair. I don't want to say killer. He did kill people. But for a while, he was just pulling really bad pranks. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he was just harassing them, but I was just like... Stealing a jacket? He stole a jacket. He, well, he did hit him with the car. It's a little more than a prank, but... <laughs> Riding someone over with a car. Yeah. But he cuts uh, Helen's hair. He stores the dead body in Julie's car with a bunch of crabs. And then... Which is a plot hole. Because how? how the fuck did he get that body out of the car so quickly? Yeah. And all those crabs. Yeah. Maybe the body. Yeah. You could probably move a body. Within like five minutes. As I was say, by yourself, you could do that. I don't all know. All them crabs? Yeah. No. It, it doesn't make any sense. Uh, just in general, when you find out that the killer is this older man, the fact that he could move bodies so quickly. Very good point. Because he kills Barry. Mm-hmm. And he moves the body within like a couple minutes. Body's gone. To the point where the police are like, why are you freaking out, lady? Even though you just saw your boyfriend get killed. Get or ex-boyfriend. Yeah. I did want to go back just a second because you mentioned the relationship with Elsa and Helen. Yeah. And Helen is running from the fishermen right. to get away from them. and she runs up to their family's store mm-hmm. and elsa's inside doing inventory she is pounding on the door screaming for help uh, uh helen is and elsa couldn't be more casual with the way she walks over she gets about halfway it's like oh i forgot the key let me go back and get the key and slowly walk over there lets her inside lets helen inside yeah Helen tells Elsa, there's a guy out there trying to get me. But then did you notice that she had to go casually walk over to another door and lock it? Part of my thing is that's why they established that they don't like each other. Is so so that when she sees her sister, when Elsa sees Helen, she's like, oh, she's being dramatic again. Because she has to be like the center of attention and be dramatic. I guess, but I'm going, your sister is in a panic yeah, they don't ha- show us a time before this if her personality showed that she was overly dramatic. To me, I mean, there's only a couple scenes before the incident happens where mm-hmm. they run over the fishermen. She doesn't seem that overly dramatic. Like no. she likes her beauty pageants. She's so kind that makes of full you dramatic. Of her- I yeah, guess. she's full of herself a little bit, but not yeah. not to an annoying degree. And it seems like her having to move back from New York had mellowed her out. Yeah, it kind of put her down a pain. Yeah. Yeah. Did you have any other plot holes? I had one last plot hole. At the very end, Ray, uh, it seems like Julie has it in her head that Ray is the killer. Right. Or not the killer, but the person that is harassing them with the notes and stuff like that. Because they don't actually know that he's killing anybody. That's true. I mean, she saw Max's body, say, but she, she was the only Max's one that body. saw it. And then I think at one point she probably thought, did I just hallucinate that? Because, yeah, she goes out there and that body's gone. Yeah. Crabs are gone. So Julie jumps on this other person's boat. Turns out this is the killer. Mm-hmm. And the fisherman takes off in the boat. 
Ray jumps in this little boat to catch up to them. It's motorized, so that's not really an issue. But the next thing you see is Ray climbing on board. And I'm like thinking to myself, you caught them. You managed to gauge their speed, pull up right next to a moving boat that is huge, steady it, and climb on board. Yeah, he's amazing. He's a fisherman. Seems believable. No reason to think that wouldn't be uh, something that you could do. Yeah. I don't see what the problem is, right? <laughs> kind of like, he's a fisherman. Yeah, yeah no, I, I agree. That was uh, logistically a little weird. Also, I feel like there's been, there was a couple times where they were talking about what happened the summer before. And like when they go to Barry's house after Julie gets the note and her and Helen go to Barry's house, they're sitting on the porch. They're just talking about it openly while his mom is in earshot. And they're just talking about how they murdered this guy the summer before. Apparently, Kevin Williamson is a fan of doors being open because the door to the house was open. And the mom, like you said, his mother is right inside the house. Yeah. And then when they go to visit Barry in the hospital, they're just talking about it in the hospital while they're walking down the hall while there's nurses going by. At some point, somebody's going to be like, these kids keep talking about how they hit some guy on the road last year. It's crazy. And how he might be stalking them. (laughs) Get out of town. Yeah. No, it just... I guess that happens a lot in movies when people are talking about private things, but they're talking in a public space. And I'm like, why would you talk about this in a, in a restaurant or, yeah. you know, somewhere like when you're saying this is a secret, but I'm going to say it really loud for everybody in the restaurant to hear. <laughs> Covering their mouth and going, hey, I got a secret. <laughs> I think that's all of the plot holes that I will talk about yes. as of right now. What was your funniest line or moment? I had a couple, but I'm going to narrow it down to when they have hit the fishermen on the, on the road. They're trying to decide what to do, and Max pulls up in his truck. Johnny Galecki's character. Johnny Galecki. Ray walks over and asks, <laughs> what can I do for you, Max? In the nicest way possible. The nicest way possible. To which Max's reply is, you can wipe that shit-eating grin off of your face. Or, no, he says, you can wipe that my shit don't stink grin off of your face. To which Ray replies, okay, Max, we'll do. (laughs) It's like, (laughs) what? It was so out of nowhere. So I think the only other scene we had of Max was uh, during the 4th of July celebration. He goes up to Julie and kind of like asks her out, I guess. Yeah. And then he gets in a fight with Barry, which now watching the full movie and knowing that Barry is a complete and utter asshole Mm -hmm. makes sense but i don't know why max is so against ray other than he's jealous that he's with julie i don't know that and when they kind of max is an asshole or sorry barry is an asshole to max Uh ray breaks up the fight so maybe he's like well f you you so that's maybe why he's kind of like i don't need you to save me yeah yeah obviously there is that dynamic of Barry in that group is very popular. Max maybe isn't popular Mm -hmm. in high school, but it's still, (laughs) it doesn't make sense why he's such an asshole. No. What was your funniest moment? I definitely liked that one. Okay. And that's all I wrote, apparently. Oh. So that one made me crack up. There was other ones that I felt like probably weren't supposed to be funny. No. That I laughed at. There was a couple. Yeah. I liked when they're in the hospital yes barry's in the hospital and he was like he was wearing a slicker and which is like i guess a fisherman's coat yeah and ray's like 
so does everyone else in this quaint little fishing village. That should be the end of it. Right. No, they cut back to Barry and he's like, hey, you have one. Because Ray is now a, f- a fisherman. No shit. He just told you everybody in the city has one. As evident by the scene where they're looking for the killer or the stalker at this point in the parade. Yeah. Helen and Barry are. And she literally looks at every single person, which there's tons of people wearing fisherman gear. Yeah. In, again, the seaside town. <laughs> exactly. And it's just, yeah, silly. Very silly. Uh, what was your cringiest line or moment? So the four of them have now transported the body down to the dock. Right. And they they throw him into the water like you do. Yeah. And afterwards, Barry wants to make sure everybody's on the same page. And he's like, we're taking this to our grave. And he, like, grabs Julie by the throat. Right. And she just kind of robotically, though, goes like, okay, Barry, to the grave. I don't know if that was an acting choice, if more like her just giving up on voicing her concern because he's a fucking psychopath. I don't know that I would. I, I just, I didn't like the roboticness, but also I'm going at the same time, if somebody's got me by my throat yelling at me to say, we're taking it to the grave. I'm like, absolutely. We're taking it to the grave. I feel like Ray did not do anything. No. This Mm-mm. chick just gave you her virginity. Yeah. Uh, uh, presumably, they kind of make it seem like that is the case mm-hmm. before the incident happens. And you're just letting this guy choke her out. Cool. Yeah. Cool. I see you, Ray. Good guy, Ray. Mine was, actually, speaking of when they have sex scene, they're sitting on the beach, just Ray and Julie, and she's talking about how, you know, they're going to different colleges next year, you know, that old tune, Mm -hmm. and he's, like, trying to convince her to stay together, so he's like, high school sweetheart relationships are more likely to last than any other relationship, and Julie asks him to cite his sources, and he points to his heart. (laughs) (laughs) And then they proceed to, you know, have sex. Yeah. So it worked. But it worked good. It was so cheesy. <laughs> I'm going to need a bibliography. It's right here. In my heart. In my heart. Also, my other favorite part, which is kind of funny slash cringy, is during the beauty pageant the second time when Helen is now the returning winner. Mm-hmm. They make her sit on stage right next to the people performing. Yeah. <laughs> it's so awkward. And the girl sings Fame. Yeah. Really weirdly. Yeah. In a swimsuit. <laughs> yeah. It was very awkward. Yeah. Now we can move on to our best death scene, an exclusive category in our horror movies. Mm-hmm. Because it'd be awkward if there was. <laughs> it's a rom-com. What was your best death scene? When their grandma died and they all went back for the funeral. Anyway, yeah. Uh, what was your favorite? My favorite, and I think it was because it's it caught me off guard, is when Max gets it. Yes. He's putting like crabs in a steamer, it seems right. like, and they're just to cook them. And he kind of, it's really steamy in there and he can't see. And then all of a sudden, wham, hook through the jaw. Honestly, I thought that death scene was really good. I think it was all downhill from there because. Yeah. There's only a couple more death scenes. This isn't like Scream where it seems like people are dying left and right. Yeah. He really is trying to like fuck with the kids mm-hmm. first. But I feel like why is he killing all these random people? 
Yeah, like, he kills Max. Yeah. He kills that police officer. Kills Elsa. He kills Elsa for no reason. Yeah. So I'm like, he's more or less just killing a bunch of innocent people while pranking the people that he should be killing. Hey, I know what you did last <laughs> summer. I'm um, going to write soon on your mirror with some lipstick. I'm going to give you a really bad haircut in the middle of the night. But then the next time you're on screen, your hair is going to look amazing. Yeah, she just got a nice cut. <laughs> Uh, he was just helping her out. He's like, I noticed you had some split ends. Need a haircut. <laughs> it looked a little dry. Here you go. Uh, I, I'm like, why did you kill Max? Other than it was to show that he, Max wasn't the killer. Yeah, because they right away think it's him fucking with them. Yeah. To the point, Barry, Mr. Unhinged himself, yeah. goes and threatens him. Exactly. Uh. Yeah, it just didn't make sense to me. Mm-mm. But okay, movie. Did you have anything else you wanted to talk about? Right at the beginning of the movie, David, they show sitting on a rock with his feet dangling over a ledge. And he's obviously, we know later, thinking about how his girlfriend died the year before. Right. And I cannot watch scenes like that where someone's sitting there with their feet dangling off a ledge. I'm like, I couldn't do it. And it gives me a little anxiety when I watch it. I'm like, I know that person's perfectly fine. Yeah. He didn't die sitting there. That we know of. No. (laughs) First of all, I totally forgot anything in this movie other than they hit a guy with their car and then they cover it up. Yeah. (laughs) I don't remember that there was, they thought it was one guy and it turned up being another guy who murdered the first guy. Yeah. Overly complicated. Very much so. For no reason. Mm -hmm. I don't remember Anne Heche. No. I don't remember Johnny Galecki. I don't remember Johnny Galecki, but I do remember his death scene because it was... The only one that was super gruesome. Mm -hmm. But again, I feel like they all went downhill from there and they were just kind of eh. Yeah. Like, I guess more, it's more of a plot hole, but I felt like the killer really liked to kill people in crowded places. Like he kills Ryan Phillippe's character. Nobody notices. Yeah. In this very busy beauty pageant. Mm -hmm. He moves the body very quickly. The sheriff's uh, deputy goes up there and is just like, this bitch is lying. And there would be blood everywhere. Yeah. There was, there was a little, like a bit, little of blood. bit, but I'm going, you just hacked a guy to yeah, death. Yeah, they, they don't show him actually hacking him, but they have this like close up of Ryan Phillippe's face and you can hear him whacking. Yeah. There's going to be blood splatter. Yeah. Everybody knows that if you've watched Forensic Files at least once. They're just going to get up there and spray a little luminol. That place is going to light up. Yeah. For yeah. more than one reason. <laughs> <laughs> done gross Mm -hmm. uh did you have anything else you wanted to talk about no uh -uh. okay we can move on as always um ruining our childhood it is award season we give out two awards every week the first of which is a valedictorian to the nicholas cage online school of bad acting whom did you give your award to I will preface this that, and I've said it before, that sometimes there's weeks where I have to give it to the character more than the actor. Uh-huh. And this week, I gave it to Ryan Phillippe as Barry Cox. Okay. Because I've never wanted a character to die as much as I wanted this character to die. Okay. I feel like the first scene of the movie, they're watching Helen win the beauty pageant, and they're all just sitting up in that little... Balcony. Balcony. Mm -hmm. And they're so friendly towards each other. Like, these are really good friends. Yeah. And then the minute he starts drinking, they're driving home, he becomes the worst 
piece of shit yeah. ever. Like at one point, Julie's like, you're an alcoholic. And I'm like, are these people supposed to be friends? <laughs> like, it, that's how you're going to approach that subject. But okay. I just, every time he yelled, it just was out of nowhere, I felt like. And I think you're supposed to not like him. Yes. He's very unhinged. Yeah. Yeah. He's the, I guess, the one that is driving them to keep this secret. Mm-hmm. But he just flips his shit. Yeah. He has a lot of rage issues. And then I just feel like when you mentioned the part where he's like, you have a slicker and tries to insinuate that Ray is the person that ran him over with mm-hmm. his car. Then the other part when Ray walks up to them after Julie's like, there's a body in my trunk. And he just is like, you're going to die and punches him. I'm like, that's how you say hi to your friend that you haven't seen in a while. Hey, man, okay. how you doing? Punch to the face. Uh, and I just felt like his death scene was kind of meh. It, it was meh. But I agree. I agree. I, I know last week you said that when you were a kid, you guys would root for the deaths in horror movies. Mm-hmm. And I called you a psycho. I'm pretty sure. Yes, you did. But watching this movie, I realize I understand it. When you don't like a character so much and you're just like, I can't wait you're like, oh, for he you died. to die. Thank God. <laughs> <laughs> Who did you give your award to? I gave mine to Jennifer Love Hewitt as Julie. And I did give it to her for her acting. There was some interesting choices uh, when she is spinning in a circle yelling, what are you waiting for? But also there was some robotic delivery from her on multiple lines uh, when she gets a phone call from Helen that her hair has been cut off and she just is like, what? Oh my gosh. And then runs out of there like someone's dead, but there's some hair getting chopped off. Right. The last thing that she did is, I noticed she screams at everything. Yeah, she's a scream queen. Yes. She's on the boat. The fisherman opens a hatch, screams, which I get. This man is trying to kill you. Then Ray pulls him away or like punches him. Or no, he doesn't punch him. He hits him in the face with a hook to knock him backwards. Ray comes over there, screams at Ray. Just says, ah! Then the fisherman stands up, screams. Yeah. And I was like, I get she's a scream queen. But I, and I know some of this was directed at her. We want you to stand in the middle of the street and scream, what are you waiting for? And spin in a circle. But I was going more on the robotic delivery. Okay. And I'm pretty sure we know where this is going. <laughs> Do we? Yep. Okay. Do you want to move on to the next award? Yep. The next award is the Thomas J. Hanks Award for Exceptional Acting. And mm-hmm. who did you give your award to? To further make this come full circle... I gave it to Ryan Phillippe as Barry Cox. I totally agree with you. He has rage issues and he is very over the top. But I felt like everybody else in this movie is pretty boring. The majority of it. And you do want to beat the shit out of him and you can't wait for him to die. But I felt like he was interesting and he had some great moments. If you're going to be like, Hey, wait a minute. You got a slicker. We've already figured that out. <laughs> Walks up at his friends. He's like, what's going on, man? I'm going to punch you in the face or you're going to die and punch him in the face. So I was like, he was over the top, but he was my favorite part in this movie. Okay. Yeah. Okay, Ryan. Whom did you give your award to? I did give it to Jennifer Love Hewitt. I could tell you were exceptionally quiet while I was talking. <laughs> And again, I went more the character route. Mm-hmm. Like, she's the only redeeming character, the only character that you want to root for because she... Agreed. She does have guilt. And while I think 
even at one point when they're talking about how this person's harassing them, she's trying to convince Barry that they should go to the police. I'm like, you know you can go to the police without him, right? You don't need to be doing this in a group. She didn't do such a bad job. I felt like the transition from her being this, like, happy teenager in the beginning Mm -hmm. to this person that's definitely had a tough year dealing with the guilt and dealing with her first year of college. And she does look like shit. And her mom even mentions that she's doing terrible in school. Yeah. Very bad grades. I do agree with you that maybe there were some questionable times where she was, she screamed, like I felt her scream when she first see the, sees the body after mm-hmm. they hit him was a little out of nowhere, like a little forced. <laughs> yep. But at the same time, I felt like, again, she was the only character that I was like, if she's the only character that survives, then I'll be happy. Agreed. I did like at the end of the movie... She's very peppy again, like she's back to normal because, well, they didn't actually kill anyone and she survived this. But I'm like, two of your high school friends are dead. Yeah. No? You don't care? No. I do like when she was on the phone and she's on the phone with Ray. Right. She's about to get into a shower and he's like, what are you wearing? She's like, a towel. And then you can tell he says something dirty and she's like, you can ravage me in two weeks. <laughs> It was, (laughs) it's like, I think it's more, it's less to do with Jennifer Love Hewitt's performance as it has to do with the writing of this movie that she had to say lines like that. Or like you said, when she yelled like, what are you waiting for? Yeah. Which I think is a clip that they always used in the trailer because I definitely remember that. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I I think she is watchable, but I agree with you that Brian Philippe's character was uh, definitely fun to watch in the sense that you're like, I can't wait until he dies. And to me, his, his death scene was a little bit of a letdown. I totally agree with you. They start high yeah. with Johnny Galecki, and it goes downhill. And also, uh, I knocked her performance, but I do agree with you. She's the only one that apparently has any common sense in any redeeming qualities. And she's the only one that's worried about, like at first, worried about this person that knows their secret. And she's she's doing research she's Mm -hmm. trying to figure out who is doing this to them yeah and everybody else is like don't worry about it i was gonna say until they start getting harassed too my boy barry he could give two shits for a while yeah (laughs) until he gets hit by a car then he then he starts giving a little a little shit then he gets a little bit of a shit (laughs) so now we can move on to our final thoughts Mm -hmm. so we said this movie wouldn't hold up that is correct do you agree with your initial opinion i do I like Freddie Prince Jr., and I think he's a charming guy. I don't know if the filmmakers knew who they were hiring, so let's put him in, like, five minutes of the movie. Yeah, he's not really in a lot of the movie. And then at one point, they kind of try to make it seem like he's the killer because he happened to feel the same way as Julie in the sense that he had guilt, so he searched out Melissa and apparently romanced her a little bit. I guess, yeah. <laughs> so I figure, I'm, I'm thinking you underutilize him. Barry is this crazy over-the-top character. He was fun to watch, but I don't think really anybody else is memorable. Yeah. Like you said, it, it's got a convoluted story. It It's too complicated. Yeah. It doesn't end well either. Like, especially it's kind of foreshadowing i think maybe they wanted they knew they were going to do a sequel because the sequel comes up fairly quickly too it does the killer even tells her like make sure that you check the body make sure you know the person's dead which is a total horror movie rule scott foley ladies and gentlemen yeah exactly Mm. (laughs) but 
They still don't do it. No. At the end. Uh-uh. They chop off his hand. He falls in the water. The body will turn up is what the police officer says to them. I'm yeah. Like, you know, getting your hand cut off doesn't mean you're dead. And this guy has already proven that he can get hit by a car. Yeah. And thrown into a river while unconscious and still survive. He'll be fine. Yeah. He'll be fine for the end of the movie when he jumps out of a... I don't know how they explain that in the first one. Like it's a dream or something. That sounds right. Or I mean, in the second one. Yeah. When he jumps through the window or mirror, I guess, kind of. It's, was, like it's a shower a, door. It's a shower door. Yeah. Yeah. I think you're right. I think it's a, a dream is what okay. they portray it as. They make it seem like, well, she's dead. She's going to die. She's going to die. And you even said, you're like, well, that's the only time I jumped during this movie. <laughs> I forgot. Yeah. Yeah. I shouldn't have forgot, but I did. I agreed and it didn't work for me. It was kind of a letdown uh, because also they, they ended up not even killing anyone. And then like how easily Julie's just like, well, back to being a normal teenager because now I don't have the guilt anymore. Well, you should still have some guilt because the situation actually caused two of your friends to die. So you should definitely have guilt. Yeah. You shouldn't just be like, well, everything's good. I got an invitation to a keg party. Everything's great. Me and my boyfriend got back together. Yeah. La, la, la. Uh, So we both agree this movie does not hold up. Mm -mm. It's not as good. No, it's no scream. No, it's not. It was a little disappointing. It was a little disappointing. Um, Speaking of scary movies, I did ask some people on Instagram... And by some people, I meant all of yeah. the people that follow her. You Instagram. didn't DM people and ask them specifically. <laughs> That'd be creepy. <laughs> like a digital ghost yeah. face. What's um, your favorite scary movie? Yeah. I asked everybody, what's your favorite scary movie? Mm-hmm. And I got some responses. Let's see here. Ooh, the first response is from Sin Study mm-hmm. Podcast. And they said Scream. Oh, okay. And like, we're big fans of Scream, obviously. Yeah. We've talked about it yeah. several times. So... I agree. It's a good one. I was going to say, I can't argue with that. Alexis, mm-hmm. friend of the pod, uh, wrote Halloween. That's a good one. Yeah. I haven't, yeah. I honestly have not seen Halloween in a really long time. It's not my go-to. No, it's not. But it was a, it's, I'm assuming and I hope she means the original and not the Rob, Rob Zombie remake. It is Alexis we're talking about. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean, Alexis? <laughs> But I'm just thinking that Rob Zombie one was really over-the-top gory. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. I couldn't get through it. Mm -mm. Some things are just better left to the imagination. Yeah. You know? Yeah. As far as horror movies for me, the guys over at Big Dumb Movie Podcast put Ginger Snaps, and they also put, it's not that scary, though. I've never seen it. I've never seen that, nor have I ever heard of it. Oh, I've heard of it. Oh, okay. But I've never seen it. No. CLK264 put... The Haunting, 1963. Oh, okay. I've never seen that one. I have not seen that one either. Is The Haunting the remake, the one with like Catherine Zeta-Jones and... Came out in like 2000? Yeah. I think so. I've seen that. I have not. You've never seen The Haunting? Mm-mm. Mm, Ryan. Sorry. And then the PA show on Instagram put A Nightmare on Elm Street. Ooh. Which is that, another classic. That is a classic. Yeah, so... Definitely. I, I mean, we've said it before. Our One of our favorites is Dawn of the Dead. Mm-hmm. We watched it last weekend. Yeah. The uh, original. 19, yeah. 1978 version. Yes. Excellent movie. Mm-hmm. It's a little campy, 
in all the right ways. I was going to say, it, and it hits all the marks. Yeah, it's, it's definitely one of our favorites. But speaking of Dawn of the Dead, next week we're going to do another horror movie classic. And mm-hmm. by classic, I mean not classic. <laughs> the 2004 remake of Dawn of the Dead. Yes. So, yeah. I'm excited about that one. I'm excited. I know we own it, so yes. we won't have any airhead issues. Um, and Is I'm, that we're just going to call it now? Airhead issues airhead and we can't issues. find a movie? The airhead kerfuffle. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to it. Same. Yeah. It's going to be a goodie. And then we'll also, like we said earlier, we'll have our bonus show coming out mm-hmm. in two weeks. In two weeks, the 1993 classic Hocus Pocus. Yes. And of course, you know, in our mini-sodes, we don't make fun of movies. We just talk about how much we love them. Yes. And that is a goodie. Yes. Yeah. It's one of our faves. I was going to say, we have been together for 14 years. And for 14 years, I believe we have watched that movie once a year. That's probably true. I do know, though, the first year or two, Mm -hmm. I didn't own it. Yeah. And it was hard to find. It was. It was was nowhere. It was a uh, good purchase buying that. Yeah. And now it's like such a, I feel like it's an iconic uh, movie that a lot of people obviously love and reference a lot. Mm -hmm. I feel like the last seven or eight years, it's really become like freeform has really helped build it because they show it damn near every day during Halloween season. And uh, yeah, it's definitely become a big deal yeah i think it's always been a cult classic for people our age especially Mm -hmm. uh as far as like the female audience but i think over the last couple years people have really shown their love for it for sure to the point where we have merchandise and stuff which is cool i was gonna say we we got we got shirts coming yeah that's true we ordered some hocus pocus shirts Mm -hmm. i'm excited me too makes me sick (laughs) sorry guys (laughs) Expect that in a couple weeks. Dawn of the Dead next week. So mm-hmm. we'll let you know when we'll have the polls up back again, probably at the end of October. Yes. That sounds about right. We're going to be bringing them back. Yeah. And we'll continue our loser bracket. Yes. So thanks for listening as always, guys. Hope you have a great week. And we'll be back again next week. Okay. Okay, bye. Bye. Bye.